Thanks for having me. Good morning. morning. It's good to be here. It's really loud and I'm a loud person, so maybe you need to turn, you know, plug your ears. Um, This just kind of as a formal, the normal greeting that often share if you've seen me before or if you've been to anything, I yell at you and then you yell back at me and it makes us all feel welcome. Um, I'm going to say God is awesome and you say all the time. And then we'll do vice versa. We have a baby, so... Okay, okay all right, all right. All right, so I'm going to say God is awesome, and you say all the time, and then I'll say all the time, and you say God is awesome, all right? God is awesome! All the time! All the time! God is awesome! Thank you for participating. It's actually pretty much the, the entire uh, gist of, of what the Lord put on my heart today to think about. And it's very easy to say God is awesome all the time. It's really easy. And actually, if you're me, you say it all the time without even thinking about it at times. And this idea that God is good or God is awesome all the time might actually be something that we should pause and reflect on and to think about. Is that really what I believe? Is that really what I could say and proclaim, not just because Adrian tells me to, but because that's what I know to be true? Um, and that's the truth of God's word. Let's take a minute just to, to really give this time, this, this time in God's word to him. Lord, uh, we do. We just, we just ask that you prepare our hearts and minds for this time together as we look at your word. I personally pray that, that nothing I say or do would get in the way of what you have uh, in store for us. Pray that your word would transform us and draw us closer and closer to you, Lord. That it would, even if we have a set idea in mind, if your word challenges us on that, we would think differently, Lord, and think about what you have for us. We do praise you for your word. We thank you for the truth that's in it and thank you for giving it to us and pray that we would hear it clearly now for your glory. In Jesus' name, people said, Amen. Amen. If you'd like to open with me to Philippians 4, it's page 1830 in your pew Bible, or it's in your own Bible as well, and I encourage you to go there. I actually put, hopefully it's not against the law, but I stuck a bookmark in your bulletin um, that you're welcome to use. We're going we're gonna to read parts of Philippians 4, and then we'll pause and think about it a little bit, and then we'll go back to it. Um, but if you can find that, um, that would be great. If you do have the bookmark, we're actually going to read the first bit together. So... That was a lot of instructions all at once. I'm sorry about that. All right. If you want to grab that bookmark, let's read the the first part of this. It's Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Let's read that together. If you were at camp this summer, you should have this memorized, but I won't test you. So, all right. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you very much. Some of the campers that were here may be afraid I'm going to call them up and make, you, make them do the dance, but I won't. Don't worry. I know. You can ask them in your spare time if, if they can do it for you. Um, this is a powerful scripture. It was for me. It is for me. We did talk about it a bunch this summer, but 
This time of year is one that uh, I really enjoy. I enjoy the Thanksgiving season. I don't know about you. Um, there's all kinds of things, of course, to enjoy. Some of you might put football at the top of your list. Others, the food, the fun together, family. Hopefully you can at least put that in there. You would if anybody asked you what your favorite part of this time of year would be is of Thanksgiving. But I particularly enjoy it because, Lord willing, it prepares our hearts and minds for the days ahead. Uh, we, today is the first Sunday in Advent as we enter into this season of expectation of celebrating the coming of Christ. I just want this is an interactive portion just to take a moment with your neighbor. And maybe you've already done this this week, so you're all set. You're ready to go. Um, but to, to share with them something that you thank God for. Uh, and it could be something I mentioned, although that's cheating and you don't get all the points for that. But no, I'm just kidding. But something specifically that you rejoice in the Lord for something you thank God for. So this is you just sharing with your neighbor something that you thank God for. Okay, on your market set, go. You don't have all day, so so do it. All right, that's enough, enough thankfulness. Quit it. All right, we're done. All right, we're moving along. I pray that we do that on, on a regular basis, not just on one day of the year when we're supposed to do it before we have Thanksgiving meal, but throughout all of our days, we just rejoice in what God has done. Now, I'm not going to ask you to stand up and share everything that you just shared with your neighbor, but the question I just want us to think about is, did you mention anything that was really difficult? That you thank God for like anything that just was really hard that you thank God for. Now, when I ask you that, you probably could think of a few things if you if you stopped and paused and reflected. But we often don't automatically go to that. We often don't go to the things that didn't go the way we expected as something to be thankful for. We often don't think of things that we didn't get when we really wanted something that that's something to be thankful for. We don't often think of that. And life can be really hard, can it? And that's not our first instinct, to think that that's something we should thank God for. Perhaps you've been really hurt, and that's not something you're ready to just go thank God for. In 2010, I went on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic. We've been there a lot of times, so it's really fun to go to the same place and to, to see our friends and family there. And it was the first day of our trip, and I was really excited. And sometimes I have extra energy, and sometimes I'm over, over, I overdo it sometimes. But I was really excited. We had built the second floor of the school, and we were getting ready to paint, paint it, like paint the walls so it was all pretty and bright for the students that are in this school. And as one of the leaders, I was up there trying to evaluate what we needed. I mean, for those of you that paint, obviously paint isn't, you know, paint and paintbrushes there. I should have been done, but I probably made it more complex than that. Um, so I was really, you know, jazzed and I was headed over to the dormitory where we stay. I don't know why, but I was just kind of lunging down the steps. You ever just had like one of those days where just everything was just like, yeah, you know, and I'm sure as people were around and uh, I'm sure I was making a bigger deal out of it than I needed to. But I found something in, in my excitement, in my joy. I actually found a concrete nail that was in the concrete sticking up and it was broken off. 
it had it was like a the head it wasn't the sharp part it was the like broken off straight part and i i found it with my left foot like really well i just landed right on it actually i wore the shoes today these are you know they're right there that's how i remember it's my left foot cuz i just kept the shoes so i could remember i forget otherwise but it was i you know right away obviously this is going to hurt this hurts and I, I, I'm not very good with blood, if you know me. So I, I was trying not to look and I hobbled my way over to the dormitory. And I'm even getting faint right now thinking about it. And and I sat down and I was like, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. And I looked at my foot and I passed out right there on the concrete floor, gone. And I woke up to my one of my children. I can't remember which. It, it wasn't that long ago, so I should remember. But just, Daddy, are you okay? Daddy, are you okay? And no, I, I was not. I had a, some, you know, I'd had a foreign object go up into my foot, and it was really strange. They gave me a shot, which was scary and unpleasant because I'm in another culture. They took me to a, a, a clinic nearby, and they took like an orange crushed soda bottle and sprayed some red stuff on my foot. I was, and I got better really quick. I was like, I'm fine. I can go. You know, like file cabinets are falling off and, you know, the trend, the coat the guy was wearing was not clean. And I was like, I feel great. I'm going to go. But I didn't feel great. And I tried to get better and I tried to go paint. I tried to hobble around and it would hurt. It would like throb every, even if I sat there with my foot below, like my heart, it would just start to throb and ache and for days. It was really strange because that's not my personality. Like, I really want to work hard and, you know, by the end of the day I can't move and I try, you know, and try to engage with everyone. I want to lead by example, but I couldn't do it. I was in severe pain. It turns out after about a week they took me to another hospital that actually had file cabinets not falling apart and actual surgical devices and they removed a piece of my sandal that had inserted into my foot. The piece that's missing, actually. So that was inside my foot for a week. And that's why it wouldn't heal. That's why it wouldn't get better. I think there were definite moments in that trip where I was really confused. I was kind of annoyed, in fact, because the Lord had provided all kinds of resources for us to go. There was a lot of preparation in going. We had a team that had gone with us, and I was partly responsible for this team. I didn't get it. But it, it, over the course of the trip, it started to click. It started to make sense. And in fact, when I look back now, I call that the best trip I've ever had to the Dominican Republic out of the, like the 15 or 20 that I've had there because God used it as an answer to prayer that I didn't even realize. I had actually prayed right before that trip. I knew that I had a very busy season of life coming up. I was a youth pastor. I was the camp director. I had to get ready for camp, and our pastor was going to be away for a sabbatical, so I was going to take on those responsibilities, and I had prayed for rest. Little did I know that rest was going to come in the form of a, of a rusty nail that I landed on. But I had more time to talk to people on that trip than I had ever had. I had more time to read God's Word and study it. And more time to, um, I read a whole book, which is like, you know, amazing. And, and I preached like eight times that trip. So they'd have me preaching up there and I'd like have my foot up in the air. And, um, which if you've never preached to someone translating, it's quite a fun experience in my opinion. But it went very different than I anticipated. I never would have thought, you know, at the time, 
it hurt. It was, it was difficult. It made me pass out. It was not what I would have thought of being restful and peaceful. But the Lord used that difficult circumstance with something much bigger in mind. See, I, see, I only see this little portion of the picture. I only see a little bit. In fact, I'd say I'm probably nearsighted. I don't see anything that our great God sees. I don't see the whole picture. I don't see the ways that God is going to work. The end of that scripture says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding. It's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond anything we could understand. will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, it's not about our perspective, really. It's about what God has in store. So when it says rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. This rejoicing comes not from a circumstance. I'm sure you've heard that before. It's not just from the things before us, but it's because we, we're following or chasing after the, the great and mighty God who knows all and is able to direct our paths as he has in mind. If you look back at, in your Bibles there, Philippians 4, verse 8, I won't ask you to read it with me, but I'm going to read this kind of slowly, and I, just, I, I want us to pause. I'm going to pause as I read. And just to reflect on the, the characteristics that are mentioned here. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So think about those things for just for a moment. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy. Think about these, these things. Whatever, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. These, this is an encouragement to us. To the believer, to think about these things. How often, I guess I can only speak for myself, but how often do I get caught up into other thinking? Things that are not on this list. Things that are distracting. Things that, that are not right or pure or lovely or admirable or excellent or praiseworthy. How quickly can my path get veered? Maybe it is a challenging situation that I face. Do I trust in the one who is able or do I trust in my own logic or intellect? To think I can somehow make it through this on my own. How does focusing on these things, how, how would focusing on those things help in those times, those challenging times? And I think those are characteristics and things that, that God has placed before us to fix our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Things that are beyond ourselves. Things that are beyond our circumstances. Things that are excellent and praiseworthy. It helps us to keep our mind away from those temporary circumstances that cling to one and to cling to the one who is in control. The next little part of this letter to the Philippians is Paul's pretty honest, I think, about being content. And that's really, I think, the direction that that helps us to to realize that God is awesome all the time. It says in verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. 
they cared about these people cared about him. This is my own little throw in there, but they cared about him, but they didn't have a chance to show that at this point. In verse 11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul said very little. He said quite a bit. It's a good reminder that stood out to me. And I think it's partly because it's a, a confession that I can grow discontent. So when, when I read that Paul has found this secret of contentment, that's very exciting to me. That's Sign me up because it's very easy. It's, it's almost a daily challenge to become discontent with something, a circumstance or, or what I do or don't have. Um, and what is this? I've, I, sometimes this time of year. OK, we've passed Thanksgiving. Let's move on. Actually, the stores passed Thanksgiving a while ago because they know that that doesn't pay the bills. You know, you can only sell so many turkeys. But this is a season of that can foster discontent. If you think about it, I mean, how many flyers did I circle as a child, like wanting this or wanting that? I, I told my son the other day how much I wanted a remote control car. That was like if I could have had that as I don't probably his age, nine years old, because my friend had this amazing remote control car and it could do jumps and it could do all kinds of things. And of course, what kind of remote control car did I get? I got the kind with the wire. I don't, they don't even probably make them anymore, but it had a wire. I had to like chase the thing. I might as well have a matchbox car and just drive it around. So. It's very easy to become discontent. And I don't just mean for a nine-year-old. I'm 39 now, and I can still grow discontent very quickly. When those around you have, seems like life is just a, a breeze for them. Discontentment can set in. Paul is uh, recognizing that contentment doesn't come from packages tied up with string or fancy lights or even the best silly Ridiculous Christmas sweaters, although mine was good last year. But he's found that contentment is something that will last far longer, something that is complete. It's not lacking. It's not it's not something that you just buy and it wears out or something that you get and lasts for a while. To be content in any and all circumstances, would you agree would be pretty excellent? Would you would you like that to be always content and just be thankful no matter what comes your way? Wouldn't that be I think that would be pretty awesome, personally. Paul's contentment isn't in this stuff. It's in Christ. That's where he's found the truth to be. That's where the only place that he can find this contentment. And we can enjoy that contentment, too, because of what God has accomplished through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus did what we could not do in our own strength. Jesus defeated death so that we could experience life. In a life through the forgiveness of sins, through the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us, we can rejoice in a life that is way beyond anything that we could do on our own. So this contentment is not coming from anything we can do, anything we've done. It's already been done. And many of you have heard that, and many of you responded to this truth. Maybe, but maybe we haven't fully, or maybe you haven't fully, or I haven't fully grasped the love that he has for us. Maybe our thinking drifts away from the things that are true and excellent and praiseworthy. I encourage each of us 
especially in this season, but throughout the year, to intentionally and prayerfully consider if we've received the true gift of God and that we would seek this God of peace through the power of the Holy Spirit, talking with him, joining with him, with other believers in fellowship, just as you're doing today, worshiping, studying, praying, spending time in God's word. Don't miss out on this gift. It's a great gift, one that brings contentment. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Before Henry comes back... I'd like to just for you and I to take a minute to take a minute to it says not to be anxious about anything. Maybe just to take a minute to confess those things that we've been anxious about even today, whatever it might be to to turn those anxious thoughts over to the one who is able to guide and direct our steps. Let's take let's just pause and you can quietly confess those things to the Lord. As odd as it may sound, Lord, we thank you for these challenges in our life. Help us to to seek you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. With desperation to know you more, to grow in you, and to rejoice in you even in the midst of these challenges before us. You're a mighty God beyond our comprehension. Your ways are, are not our ways, and but we know that you are trustworthy and able to do more than we can even comprehend. So we lay these things at your feet and we, we ask you to help us to trust you more and to be thankful for the challenges before us. To rejoice in you always. And may your peace that transcends all understanding guard our, guard our hearts and minds. Fill us to overflowing as we trust in you more and more each day. In Jesus' name, people said.